This is the Wife Wisdom Podcast with Christy Little-Jones, episode number 14. Today, I'm going to help you sharpen the tools in your wife tool bag. Have you mastered your spouse's playbook yet? Probably not. So today I want to give you some strategies that I have found in my experience to be very effective in creating an atmosphere of love, communication, and connection. Up next on the Wife Wisdom Podcast. Hello, and welcome to the Wife Wisdom Podcast. I'm your host, Christy Little-Jones. I am a relationship coach, a marriage and family champion, and the chief cheerleader for women all over the world. My heart is to share my experiences and lessons that I have learned about life, about being a wife, and the many, many adventures in marriage. So each week on the show, we will have real conversations intended to help cultivate your heart as a wife by preparing you to be a wife, becoming a better wife, and staying encouraged as a wife. I'm super excited about today's episode because it's all about me helping you sharpen the tools in your wife tool bag. Because I want to give you some strategies that I have found in my 17 years of being married that really were effective in helping to create an atmosphere of more love, communication, and emotional connection with my spouse. Something that I believe we all desire and want. Yes? (laughs) So some of you may have heard the strategies that I'm going to share with you today, and many of you have maybe even practiced them, but I believe that it never hurts to sharpen those dull tools in the bag because you never know when you may need them at a moment's notice. Okay, so let's start with play number one. So what I'm going to share with you today are different plays that you as a wife need to master in order to really understand your spouse's playbook. And I use the football analogy because I love football. I grew up in a football family. My father is an NFL Hall of Famer for the Denver Broncos. And so I live and eat and breathe football. <laughs> and so um, the one of the plays, your play number one in your wife tool bag is really understanding that men are like waffles and women are like spaghetti. I know you've probably heard me talk about this before, but let me tell you, it is so critical for you to understand this concept. This is a wonderful little book that helps you understand the differences between men and women and the way they communicate. It's called Men Are Like Waffles, Women Are Like Spaghetti, and it's by Bill and Pam Farrell. And so because men and women Men are like waffles because they focus on one thing at a time. They compartmentalize their communication. So they have a box for family, they have a box for work, they have a box for wife, they have a box for kids, music, sports, and sex. And so men can comfortably go from one box to another only after each box is complete. For example, when your husband comes home from work and wants to talk to you about something that happened during his day, you may politely listen, but then you jump in and tell him the 25 things that you did in your day. And do you ever get that deer in the headlights look from him when you do that? Yes, it's because we had him jumping from box to box to box to box just to keep up with our conversation. And so it's interesting because men 
they have to complete the conversation or the sentence or the thought before they're able to move into a different box. But what's interesting is they can move from any box in their waffle to the sex box. So they can talk about music and go to sex. They could talk about wife and go to sex. They could talk about their job and go to the sex box. That's the only box that they can jump in and out of very freely, very easily without feeling like a deer in headlights. And so when I talk about men are like waffles, I want you to think of like the ego waffles, right? With all the little boxes and the squares on it. Because when you are talking to your your spouse um, or significant other, I want you to think about like watch their behavior when you start talking about multiple things, you are going to totally lose them. I remember in, early on in my marriage, I would talk to Adrian about something and he would literally start looking through me. I completely lost him during the conversation. He started looking through me and past me. And I would start saying things like, um, where are you? Because you're not here. No, I'm paying attention. I'm paying attention. And then he would repeat what I said before. But he wasn't paying attention because I had lost him because I had jumped from topic to topic to topic. And so men are like waffles. And so thus women are like spaghetti. We are more interested in the journey. Honey, you would never believe the day that I had. First, I woke up late, which I was frazzled me a bit. And then I was late to the gym because Hay spilled a cereal today all over everything. We had to change his clothes, which had a hole in it. Ugh. And then on our way to school, Sky waited until we got to school to tell me she forgot her lunch. So I went back home. And when I walked through the door, my mom called to talk to me for an hour. This is a surefire way, ladies, to get the deer in the headlights look every single time. <laughs> and so we are excellent multitaskers in our mind, in our conversation, even in our action. And we want to take our husbands on the whole journey with us so that they can get a glimpse of our experience. And so that they but they're not wired like us. And so this completely stresses them out. And it's so funny because I, until I read this book, I did not know <laughs> that this was totally stressing my husband out. But I would see him kind of trying to follow. But I just thought, oh, he just maybe not doesn't pay attention, um, you know, as easily or he needs more stimulation. I wasn't sure, but I didn't realize it was because I was taking him through eight of his boxes in a matter of two minutes in our conversation. And so um, it's really important for you to master this play, because if you can really discipline yourself, practice having a conversation about one topic, and then before moving on to a different topic, you are really going to get some really great engagement. You're going to be able to connect a lot easier. You're going to be able to, he will be able to connect a lot easier because he's following you. He's tracking with you and he's not, it's not totally taking him out of his natural way of being wired, created, designed, right? And so this is really important. Men want facts, right? Women want experience. And so think about the the view, the television show, the talk show, the view where you have four or five women all talking at the same time. We can just flow like that because we're like spaghetti. You know, every single noodle touches each other and it's not a big deal. And so it's not a big deal for us, but it's a big, big deal for him. And so if you need to have one of those conversations where you go through seven, eight different 
topics, <laughs> then you need to talk to your girlfriend about it, not your husband, right? Pick one of those topics to talk about at a time with your husband. And I promise that you will see a shift in your communication. So your key point for play one is to make an effort to focus on one thing at a time when communicating with your husband. Complete your thought before moving on to the next topic, which gives him time to move into that box with you, producing the response you desire. Okay, play number two. Understand and learn your husband's love language and love him in it. Are you familiar with the five love languages? OMG. This is so amazing. It's Dr. Gary Chapman has over 20 years of experience with couples and the way they communicate. And he has discovered five love languages. And so the five love languages are quality time, acts of service, physical touch, words of affirmation, and gifts. Those are your five love languages. And so it's amazing for you to recognize your love language and your husband's love language. And what's so really interesting about this discovery by Dr. Gary Chapman is that it really is um, it's amazing, right? So one of your love languages, whether it's gifts, acts of service, quality time, physical touch, or words of affirmation, I, if you are, for, for example, for me, my love languages are acts of service and gifts. And so it's very easy for me to love people in that way, to love people by giving them gifts um, love people by being present for them, loving people by um, acts of service. When I see a need, I want to fill it. That is something that's very natural and easy for me. Whereas my husband's love language is physical touch. And so physical touch is something that is very, it's very easy for him to love me in that way, physical touch, right? Now, here's where the the conflict or the friction can potentially enter into your relationship is when you do not understand your your significant other your your spouse's love language because if i am loving my husband in gifts and he that's not his love language and so i'm continually to go go out and, and you know spend time trying to find the perfect gift for him or just to let him know how much i appreciate him or love him i'm spending all this time or and money to do it and he's totally not feeling loved by it this is where the problem comes in and so and for the other the other side too if physical touch is my husband's love language and so he's always wanting to you know, be intimate, or he's always wanting to, you know, hug my hold me or hug my hand or rub my back. And if that's not my love language, and it's more irritating, then it's going to cause friction and a problem. So it's really important to understand your spouse's love language. And you're able to actually take a quiz and find out what your love language is. If you go to the five love languages.com, you can take your own quiz and he can take his quiz and it's, it really is transformational in the way you communicate, the way you love each other, the way you connect. Because when you are more intentional to love your spouse in the way they receive love, then 
they their their love tank is it gets filled up, right? Their love tank gets filled up if I'm intentional in loving my husband through physical touch. Now, this is where it's very interesting because when I took the quiz, physical touch was the lowest. It was my last, the last one on my love language list. So now it's becoming more of an effort to love my husband in the way that he receives love, right? And so that's why it's really important to understand what their what your spouse's love language is. And same with him. So acts of service and gifts, it, it takes more effort for him to love me, more intention to love me that way, because now he has to initiate more without me telling him. And that's not his natural bent. So um, it's, it's really very fascinating and we'll have another episode where we get really deep into the different five love languages and examples and all of that. But for now, I want you to go to the five love com and take a quiz. I want you to learn what your love language is, learn what your spouse's love language is and, and there's a definition for each of the love languages and really practice loving each other in that way. So that is your key point for play number two is to learn your spouse's love language and love him in the way that he receives love daily. Because can you imagine not being feeling loved daily, right? So this is something that I know for me, I had to practice and I am still practicing loving my husband daily in his love language because it's my last love language. So it takes effort when I don't feel like it, when I don't feel like being intimate or I don't feel like, um, um, you know, just loving in in a a physical touch. Like I, I just don't feel like being bothered. It takes a lot more effort and intention and commitment to being the wife that God called me to be. And so the these love languages, while it's, it's amazing revelation and transformation in your relationship, it really requires a level of, of commitment and even confrontation with yourself, right? Because how does that make you feel if you're like, Oh, I just don't feel like loving my husband today? Oh, that's what I had to go through. Like, oh, I just don't feel like it. I'm tired. And then I was like, wait a minute, something's wrong with that thought. <laughs> something's wrong with that statement. So then I had to really be like, okay, how can I love my husband? Baby, how can I love you today in a way that you receive love? And we've had to even have those conversations as clearly communicated as that. And he may say, babe, how can I love you today? And I may say, can you wash the dishes? Or can you fold the clothes? Or can you take the kids to their, you know, after school sports? And I literally would feel loved when he did that. But we had to keep the lines of communication open. So that is your play number two. Play number three, study your husband. When is a good time to talk to him? When is it not a good time to talk to him? When communicating with your husband, I have learned that most husbands have a talking threshold because research research shows that women use about 20,000 words a day. And that's about 13,000 more words than men use on average. So there have been times when I was super excited to share something with Adrian to look in his face to see that he was not with me. 
<laughs> I was like, where is he? So I discovered or within the first four years of my marriage that he had a threshold that when we first got married, there was that threshold was about 15 minutes. And I'm happy to say 17 years later, we are up to easily a couple of hours. Woohoo! That is huge. So to improve your communication with your husband, it's important for you to discover his talking threshold. And so over the next the next few lengthy conversations that you have, notice when he checks out. Notice it. Notice when your husband starts to get fidgety. He starts reaching for his phone, wanting wanting to do something on his phone, or he starts, um, you know, looking down and kind of. You can tell when they check out. So notice that because that's his talking threshold. So then when you say, oh, well, we've only been talking for 20 minutes, I want you to test it out for the next conversation. Start wrapping up your conversation when you start approaching his his threshold, whatever that is, and notice how the conversation starts to become easier, more interactive and more engaging on both sides because now you have... stayed committed to his threshold. Now, during the times when I needed to talk to him longer than his threshold threshold allowed, I literally would say, um, you know, can we discuss this? Or can we table this for now and discuss it in an hour? Or can we table this now and talk about it later tonight? And he would was happy and, and glad that I said it because I was honoring his threshold. And that is a huge wife tool, ladies, huge, 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 because when you um, understand your husband's threshold in talking and and communicating, he's more likely to want to continue to stay in the conversation or communicate with you more effectively, efficiently, more and have that emotional connection. It's amazing. It was really transform. it, It was transformable. Is that a word? It was transforming. (laughs) It was transforming in our relationship. So your key point for play number three is master the art of timing and discover his talking threshold and honor it. Honor it. This is huge. You, you know, you may want to keep venting. You may want to keep talking, but if your spouse's threshold is over at 30 minutes, honor that honor it. Don't, you know, go another 30, another hour, just because you need to feel heard. It's going to be self-discipline. It's going to take some practice, but I promise you it will be very rewarding in the end. So that is play number three. Play number four, love and respect are the key to winning the game. When I was the first probably six months of me and Adrian's relationship, I we were in California. My dad was living in Burbank at the time and we had gone to go visit him and he had one of those combination locks that was a little tricky. And so I was already in the car. Adrian left after me and he locked the door, but he was kind of standing at the door a little longer than, uh, you know, necessary, I thought. And so I thought he was having issues or problems locking the door since it was a weird combination. So he got in the car and I said, you know, is everything okay? Were you able to lock the door? Okay. And he said, yeah, everything was fine. I proceeded to get out of the car and go check the door and the lock to make sure he did it correctly. Ladies, (laughs) I know you're probably cringing right now because 
this was a bad deal, bad deal. And this was our first kind of real conflict, you know, confrontation with conflict. And so he felt completely disrespected by the fact that I, he told me that he, everything was fine, that he locked the door and I still got out of the car to go check. Deep breath in. How many times do we do that? How many times do we go behind our husbands to check? How many times do we not take them for their word? Ouch. I know this was a tough one for me. And, you know, when you are a very strong, independent, maybe control freakish a little bit (laughs) type wife, this one is tough for you because you want to be in control of every of, of everything. You want to know everything. You want to have your fingers in everything. And so for you to literally relinquish something for your to your husband and allow him to do it and trust him to do it and do it the way you want him to do it is a challenge. And so when you get home and you are with your spouse preferably at a time when there's not a whole bunch of distractions around. I want you to get a three by five index card. And then I want you, this is what you guys are doing together. I want you to write down three to five things that you need from your husband to feel loved. What three to five things do you need from your husband today, tomorrow, like right now in the season of life that you're in? What three to five things do you need from your husband to feel loved? Now, you know, the best instruction manual is the Bible because God literally gives us everything we need in order to live the life he's created and desires for us. And so one of the things he says in marriage, he says, husbands love your wives. Husbands love your wives. Now, this is, this is not husbands love your wife the way, the way he he wants to love you, right? This is loving him the way not only God, um, ordained, but also the way you receive love. This is important. So husband, love your wife. So what three to five things do you need to feel loved by your husband? Okay. And then God also says in his word, he says, wives, respect your husbands. Wives, respect your husbands. So he didn't say wives, love your husbands. He said, wives, respect your husbands. It's easy for us to love him, right? But when it comes to respecting him, Whew, the numerous women that I have coached um, through different marriage crisis situations, respect is always an issue that is, can be a challenge for them. And so, um, so husbands, so wives respect your husband. So what I want you to do in this assignment, I want your husband to write down three to five things he needs to feel respected by you. What three to five things does he need to feel respected by you? Then I want you guys to flip your cards over and without looking, without discussing what's on each other's cards, I want you to, I want you wives to write down what you think the three to five things are that your husband needs to feel respected. And then husbands, I want 
them to do the same the, the same thing. I want them to write down three to five things they think you need to feel loved. You would be surprised that the either one of you may be completely off, completely off base because you, I mean, like not even on the radar, the things that you think that your husband needs to feel respected may be completely different. And what he thinks you need to feel loved may not even be on their page at all, right? And it's because we don't necessarily take the time to study our spouse. And so it's important for you to be intentional about studying your spouse and finding out what it is that they need to feel loved or respected. So I've had to learn over the course of 17 years what my husband needs to feel respected. Sometimes I still mess up, but I catch myself way more frequently than I did in our in the beginning stages of our marriage. And so this is a very eye-opening exercise and many couples um, will be able to see what they can improve on. And then at the end of you, your discussion, and when you guys kind of turn and turn them over and see if you're close, there's some couples who are spot on and that's wonderful. But there's some who are like, oh, wow, I didn't realize I only got one out of the five, man, I guess I got to do, so. I have some work to do. Right. And so what, after the assignment, after you guys talk about it, I want you to switch cards. So your husband is going to have your card and you are going to have his card. And I want you to keep them in your wallet, in your purse, in your car, on your dashboard, whatever it is, because I want for the next two weeks, I want you to be very intentional about respecting your husband the way he needs to be respected. And husbands loving their their wives the way they need to they need to be loved. And it's really awesome to see the results after two weeks of, of both parties being very committed and intentional to this exercise. It's a really great exercise. So key point um, for play number four is know what respect means to your husband. Don't operate on what you think it is. Make sure you know, make sure you understand and know what his definition is of respect. I'm telling you, it's going to be transforming. You're going to love it. It's eye opening and it's going to be so great because when your husband feels respected, guess what? Naturally, innately, he's going to love you. It's so good. So good. And then when he loves you, the way you are just fills you up, you're going to be naturally, you're going to want to respect him. It's a beautiful exchange. Awesome. Play number five, put each other first and make him a priority. My dad, when I was little, he he shared a really cool story with me. And it was about a, a couple who didn't have a lot of money, but it was Christmas time. And, and the husband was working two jobs. And the wife had this gorgeous, beautiful, long flowing hair. And so the husband was working overtime because he wanted for Christmas to buy his wife a beautiful comb for her hair because it was all, you know, literally locks all the way down her back. And he was working like a dog to be able to buy, purchase this beautiful comb for her hair. And his wife didn't have a lot of money either. I think she was a stay at home mom. And, um, and you know, she actually cut her hair and sold her hair so she could buy her husband a watch for Christmas. 
I will never forget that story. I was probably six, seven years old when my dad told me, but it was about putting each other first. What a beautiful example of putting each other first and making each other a priority. And so when you put your spouse first and he puts you first, the love that you will experience is It's divine. It really is. And it is one of the strongest tools in your bag because you have the power to influence your husband just by the way you love him and make him a priority. Especially it's really challenging to do this when you have kids to to attend to or you are, you know, he's he's frustrated you. You guys are not necessarily on good terms. You, you know, had a conflict or a fight and haven't really gotten through it yet. Plus you may be completely exhausted. So to put anybody first, you're just trying to make it to the next hour. But I promise you that the investment is worth it. Invest in the things that interest him, even if you don't like it. You know, I, I probably mentioned this before, but my love, my husband loves golf more than eating. And he bought me outfits and golf clubs. And, but, you know, let me tell you, I am not trying to spend four or five hours on the golf course. I mean, really, even though I played sports, I'm like, this is not fun. This is frustrating. I cannot hit the ball the way I want it to. It keeps going in the trees or I, it was only going two feet. Like, no, I do not like this, but I invested. I started taking classes. Um, I had a golf coach who was teaching me different classes. I spent more time doing things with him that he loves. And our communication, our connection, and the way we related to each other changed right before my eyes. He felt important. He felt like a priority. And it literally another example was that I use is regardless of what I'm doing, When he walks through the door, when he comes home, I stop what I'm doing to greet him at the door, to give him a hug and a kiss. Not only does this make him feel important, but it is a great example for your children to see. It demonstrates honor. It demonstrates love. It demonstrates affection, which creates security for your children. And so that was a big aha for me in my early years in marriage that that made my husband feel important. It made him feel like a priority because if I was on the phone, he came in and maybe I didn't hear him. He literally would start calling my name. Chris, Chris, I'm home. I'm home. (laughs) So he wanted me to come greet him, show him honor, show him love because it made him feel like a priority. It made him feel like he was respected and honored and that he was the most important thing to me, you know, whoever I was talking to or whatever it was that I was doing, I could go back to that because I stopped and then focused on him when he came through the door, especially as a stay-at-home mom for so many years, this was really an important piece. And so I would hear him come in and literally, hold on one second, my husband just got home or um, my husband just got home, let me call you back or whatever it was that I was doing. And it, phew, are literally changed right before my eyes when I made the decision to put him first and make him a priority. So your key point for play number five is to be the first one to make the first move. 
So through your power of influence, be the first one to make him a priority. Be the first one to to stop, drop and roll and, and literally put him first. Because when you do that, it's reciprocated. The whole team wins. It's amazing. And, and even in my experience of 15 years coaching couples, it's a lot of times people, you know, somebody doesn't want to be first. They want the other person to be first, especially in crisis or conflict. They want the other person to be first. But when you literally surrender your, your frustration or anger or offense, when you surrender that first, so, and then you apologize or you make him a priority or you, you know, go to your husband to, to make peace first. It is so, so sweet. It is so sweet. So that is play number five. And the last play is play number six. Date night. Date night is your victory dance. I told you guys I love football. So um, we are a big football family. And I love when the one of the players gets into the end zone and they do a victory dance and the victory dance, whether it's by themselves or their whole team gets involved and they're doing the <laughs> Cupid shuffle or, you know, whatever it is that they've cre- they've done the limbo I've seen. It's been awesome. Everyone wins. And so date night is a great opportunity for you to put all of your tools into practice. So we had three babies in three years and ladies, you can only imagine, you can only imagine that this took a serious toll on our marriage, serious. And in an upcoming episode, we're going to talk about when babies come into your marriage and how to work through that. And so date nights really they saved us. They saved our marriage because it was regular. There were regular connections with my husband. And again, three babies in three years, we had our babies right away. And, um, it really, we were married a year before our, before sky came and, and then it was sky and blaze and haze, boom, 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 back to back. And so he got pushed out very quickly. He did not, he no longer had his wife. It was like we were married and then family, boom. And so date nights, we scheduled a date night every single week. We invested in babysitters. We had friends watch the kids so that we would, when they were really little and I was still nursing, we would, I would take them with us and we would, you know, but we would still have a date. We would still have a date. And it's these date nights are all about having fun, staying connected, being intentional in your relationship. And so date nights really helped foster an intimacy in our relationship, not just physical intimacy, but an emotional intimacy. Because when you, um, you know, have a lot going on, whether you're working a lot, whether you have children, whether you're taking care of an aging parent, it's really important for you to, again, make a priority, make your marriage a priority. And date nights don't have to be expensive. It's the intention and the effort behind that that makes them special. And so be creative, solicit the support that you need to make date life, date nights a part of your lifestyle. So I remember very early on when we had babies and we would leave every week, the kids would be crying, where are you going? Uh, and we would explain, well, mommy and daddy are, we're, you know, really making sure that we 
make each other a priority, that we spend time with each other. So we're going on date night. And as they got older, this was just a natural part of their lives, their experiences. And so you're actually even modeling the importance of staying connected with your spouse and having date nights. And there was a season where we, both my husband and I were super busy and we, our date nights um, weren't as frequent. And the kids even were like, um, you guys haven't been on a date night. When's their next date night? So they were actually saying, when are you guys going to go on a date night? And so when is the last time you went on a date with your husband, just your husband, whether you have kids, whether you have a busy job, make it a priority. So that is your key point. Make the effort to spend uninterrupted quality time with your husband weekly, just you and him. If it's even if it's if it's taking a bath together, if it's watching a movie and renting on Netflix, if it's cooking together, whatever it is, make it intentional and carve out. Don't just kind of throw it in your week like like schedule it, schedule your date night, because one of the things that I remember vividly when I was had three in diapers at one point is is Adrian saying, oh, man, I can't wait for date night. Like he looked forward to it every single week. So that is something that you both have to commit to. Nothing interrupts it, you know, within reason, right? Nothing interrupts it, but that is the priority for you and him. He looked forward to it every single week. So that is your play number six. So ladies, these are just six of the tools in your wife tool bag. And so if you really want a championship winning marriage, it's important for you to review your wife plays on a regular basis. It's important for you to practice them on a regular basis, to implement them, to really hone in and sharpen them, especially if they're, they need some work. Because being a wife and a mom are two of the greatest, most rewarding assignments of your life. So enjoy them fully and experience them fully the way God intended. And so make sure that not only do you review them, but that you stay in the conversation with your spouse, having have a conversation with them. Don't be afraid to ask questions because this is what's going to help you study them, help you learn them, help you understand their love language. Stay in the game. Stay in the conversation. If he says something you don't like, don't run away. Don't shut down. Stay there. Listen and create the safe place so that they are able to tell you the truth of how they feel and who they are. And so thank you, ladies, again so much for just allowing me to share and uh, taking your time out to join us for the Wife Wisdom Podcast. I never take it for granted that you have a choice of spending time doing numerous things throughout your day. So I appreciate you. I appreciate you taking the time to becoming, to, to listen and be a part of our community, a part of the listening, the Wife Wisdom podcast listeners. I value you and thank you so much. Have a wonderful day and I can't wait to see you next week. Hey ladies, I forgot to share that we are doing 24 days 
to a merrier marriage. They are daily prompts that are happening every single day on Instagram at Wife Wisdom Podcast. They're tips and suggestions and ideas for you to follow la 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 your way all the way to Christmas with your spouse. So please go to Instagram and, and go ahead and follow us on Wife Wisdom Podcast and you'll be able to see each and every day the different um, fun just ideas and suggestions and tips and um, just fun and that you can infuse into your marriage over the next 24 days. So don't forget, share with your friends, share with other couples. We're at Instagram at Wife Wisdom Podcast. Thank you so much for always joining me each and every Monday for new episodes at 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. I so appreciate you listening each and every week, being a part of my community, a part of my tribe. And I just cannot tell you what a blessing it is to be able to help you share with you some of the things that I've learned that have helped me to really love being a wife, love being married. And I just pray that it really blesses you as much as it does me. Thanks again for joining me today. And I look forward to connecting with you next week. Have a great one. The Wife Wisdom Podcast with Christy Little-Jones was created to help you cultivate the heart of a wife by giving you practical tools, tips, and techniques to live happily ever after. Well, at least most of the time. (laughs) So until next week, keep learning, keep listening, and keep love first. Bye-bye.